0: Again, good morning. Uh, we're continuing our series uh, on Acts this morning, so I want to invite you to open up uh, your Bible. You can grab one from the seat back in front of you or a Bible app to Acts 14, uh, the scripture we just heard read. That's where we're going to be this morning, 14, 8 through 21. Um, as we begin, I <clears throat> um, just wanted to, to share with so, something share with you something that many of you already know, but you may not be aware that. Uh, We have twins. Uh, We have board girl twins, Mary Camden and David Jr., and uh, they were born very premature. They were 26-week preemies, and when David Jr. in particular was born, he had a really difficult time uh, in his life. He was um, two pounds when he was born, and he um, basically, they they didn't think he was going to make it. Um, What they told us was there was a very, uh, there was just a lot of complications um, because he came so early. And um, he had to be resuscitated twice, he was on a ventilator, he had uh, several major surgeries in car- including a heart surgery, um, he had um, have a tracheostomy which is where they cut a little hole in your throat and put a little tube so you can breathe, all that within the first few weeks of his life. Um, and so he had a very hard time um, and so we prayed and we prayed hard and we prayed a lot uh, we were in Boston at the time. Uh, we were at, in, in a hospital where they were receiving world-class health care, and we were so grateful for that. The doctors at Beth Israel Deaconess and at Boston Children's Hospital just did a phenomenal job, uh, and because of that, we were able to bring both our babies home. Uh, after about four months in the hospital, we, we brought them home, and uh, and you guys will see David running around here, uh, and you know uh, that he is doing great, and God uh, has done a a remarkable thing in his life. And I, I think about that um, today because I, we're going to talk about um, whether or not God heals. And, and what I would say is, in that experience, what I saw is I saw healing happen. And I have no doubt God was a part of it. But what I saw was the power of modern medicine as well. And what I saw was the power of the body to heal. And that is equally remarkable to me, that, that, that we have come so far in medicine that Children who were born like mine uh, so early, even just a few decades ago, might not have survived. And now we've come so far, even to the point that um, I think I saw a statistic where, man, I think it's like the life expectancy over the last 100 years has pretty much doubled uh, because of the advances in modern medicine. And so I I love uh, medicine. So if you're here and you are in the medical field or you have medical training, I just want to say thank you because what we've experienced... um, uh, through God's work in, in hospitals and with our children is, is nothing short of amazing. And so we're just incredibly grateful for that. Um, and what I would say is uh, all healing then, whether it's medical or whether it's um, the, just the, the physiology, physiology of the body, the body's ability to heal uh, itself, really is healing that is ultimately from God. All healing is God's healing, uh, you could say. Um, And so uh, I think one thing that I would just say as we begin this conversation about healing, as we look at this episode in Acts 14, is just that. That no matter what form it takes, let's praise God that he heals, that he is a God who heals. And we've experienced that in our life personally. Um, And so I think we see that, and we have lots to be thankful for. But I think also in all of our lives, and as we look around the world, we see a world where there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of sickness that remains. There's a lot of disease And at some point, we all bump into this reality um, in our own lives or in the lives of those that we love. Uh, And at that point, I do think it's very natural to ask this question that we're going to ask today. Does God heal today? Does God heal today? And in particular, does God heal in miraculous ways um, today? So I want us to look at that question uh, this morning because I think that question is relevant to all of us. And I think that question stirs up lots of other questions um, that we all wrestle with. So uh, if God does heal today, for example, why is it that he seems to heal some people and not other people? And there might be all kinds of questions that kind of come from this question of does God heal today. And I want to try to address some of those um, today. But I think one of the most important questions we have to ask as we, uh, as we kind of step into this question of does God heal today is what does the Bible tell us about healing? What does the Bible itself have to say about healing? And what's amazing is if you read the New Testament, it is full of people being miraculously healed. Full. I don't know. Maybe if you've read the Bible and that's news to you, go back and read it again. Uh, because it's full of miraculous healings. You know? and, and sometimes I think we kind of gloss over that. Um, But that is a reality in Scripture. There's lots of people who are miraculously healed. And this example in Acts 14, I want to look at just really quickly because I want to highlight a few things. Let me read just these first few verses that we heard a minute ago. Uh, Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking. And Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. All right, so just a few observations uh, I want to make here about what happens. First, this man is crippled from birth, we're told. He, he had only ever been crippled. He had never known a time in his life when he could walk. People in this city would have only ever known him as the man who was crippled. There was never a time in his life where this was not his condition. Second... Paul looked at him and saw that he had faith. We're not told exactly what that means, but we are told that what happens, this miracle happens on the heels of the gospel being proclaimed. Paul had been telling this group of people about Jesus, and he looked and he saw this man, and this man's response to the gospel was a response of faith, and the Spirit revealed that to him in somehow or some way. And what I think is important to say here is that he saw that he had faith, and he believed that God could heal him. That's what Paul saw in this man. And so it's not about having enough faith. Did he have enough faith? It's not about did he have a quality of faith that led to healing. It is about the fact that he had faith in the God who could heal him. He had faith that God could heal him. And so Paul addresses that. He says, I see this faith. And then he speaks to him. And interestingly, number three, Paul simply tells him, to get up. You notice there's no prayer. It's really fascinating. In other episodes in Acts, there's prayer. This time, Paul just says, Get up, stand upright, and walk. And so it's a declaration, in other words, of what God has done. God has healed you, is what Paul says to this man. And number four, the man was immediately healed. Uh, this is not always the case, but in this case, this wasn't a healing that happened over time, it was instant. And it was clear that it was miraculous. This man couldn't walk, and the next moment, he could walk for the first time in his life. So I just wanted to highlight some of those things. We can't, we can't kind of dive into all that, but I want to hold this up as one example uh, from Scripture. And the reality is that the gospel and Acts, like I said, have dozens and dozens of accounts like this. In fact, it's not just individual stories of healing. If you look through the gospels, you find verses like this, Matthew fifteen thirty. And great crowds came to Jesus, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them. It's not just the accounts, the specific accounts. There were tons of these healings that Jesus was doing. And you have these little verses spread throughout the Gospels. Many, many, many were coming and being healed. And so I just would encourage you, again, just to go through Maybe uh, the book of Acts. Just read through the book of Acts. Hopefully you're doing that anyways. We're going through the series. Just read through it. Maybe underline these moments where there's healing or go back into one of the Gospels and highlight, okay, here's another healing story. What What is God doing? How is God working here in this episode of healing? And just look at these passages because they're all over Scripture. They are miraculous, in other words, but they are not infrequent. They are common in the Gospels and Acts. But you might say, well, okay, I'm willing to buy that. Uh, But that was Jesus, right? Uh, Or that was the apostles. That was then. Uh, Is it really the case now? Um, I remember when I was in college, I went to a a, a church with a good friend of mine because they were having this kind of big conference over the weekend. And we went to the conference, and uh, there was a man who who stood up, and he preached. He gave this really powerful, compelling gospel message message. And then after, he said, okay, we're going to take some time. We're just going to have some prayer. Um, and we're going to offer, I have a team here. We're going to pray. Anybody that wants to receive prayer, you just let us know. We'll, we'll come to your seat, or you can come to the front, and we'll just pray. And so we just had this time of, of prayer. And, and this was new to me. I had never seen anything like this. I'd grown up in the church, but had never experienced anything like this. And so I'm sitting there with, uh, with my buddy, and uh, we're watching, and, and people are being healed, like in the service. There's healings happening in the service. Uh, Never seen that, and then um, this starts to happen. People are being prayed for, and they start to—I don't know how else to explain this—they start passing out. Uh, People just start laying down on the ground, um, and it's not like theatrical; it's not this big, crazy thing. It's just people are being laid down. It's not everybody; it's just a few folks kind of around. But I was like, "Okay, that's weird. Never seen that before." Um, And so, so this is this is happening, And, and here's the kicker: I was sitting there with my buddy, and. And, and I'm, we're watching this, out, and I lean over to say something like, dude, this is crazy. And he's standing up with somebody praying for him, like right next to me in the aisle. Like one of the team had come out and was praying for him and, and laid hands on him, and he goes down on the ground. He's like laying on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, lean, I'll, I I'm, I'm leaning over, I was like, Lee, and he was like 6'5", 250, big guy, like doesn't go down easy, you know? So I was like, I'm like kind of... <laughs> I was like, Lee, are you for real? Are you really out, brother? Like, what's happening here? And, um, and later, so, you know, so we kind of, it was just so outside of, of what I'd ever experienced, right? And, and so, but later, I, I was asking Lee, I was like, what what happened, brother? Like, what, what was going on? And he said, well, he's like, I don't know how to explain it. He's like, this, this guy came, and he just, he said, can I pray for you? And I said, okay. And so he said, why don't you just stand up? And he put his hand on my shoulder. And he just, he just said he, he wanted to pray that, that, that I would know the Lord's peace. Just be full of God's peace. And so he just started praying this really simple prayer that I would, I would know the Lord's peace. And so, and, and he's like, honestly, as he, as he did that, he's like, I don't really know what happened. But I just, I, it was almost like I could feel peace just like seeping into me, like falling on me. And he's like, and the next thing I know, I was on the ground. And I just felt this total, like, calm and comfort and peace. And he's like, and that was it. It wasn't like any, like, huge revelation or, like, incredible, you know, like, healing. It was just he experienced this supernatural experience of God's presence through this simple prayer. And so that was one of the first encounters I ever had with anything kind of like this, kind of like the miraculous or the supernatural. And since then, I've seen many more things um, like that. Uh, I've seen many more gifts of these kinds from the Lord, including healings. Um, And I think, you know, again, just to go back to Scripture, this should not be surprising. And yet, for for me, it was. (laughs) It was new. It was surprising. But it, it shouldn't be. For example, Exodus 15, 26 says this. It says, I am the Lord who heals you. In other words, it's in God's nature, his very identity. This is who he is. He is the God who heals this is who he is. This is what he does. And sometimes I think, maybe not intentionally, I think I was in this boat. Like we have this idea that God is he, he's real and he cares about us and he loves us, but he's really only concerned with the spiritual part of us, the, the spiritual piece of life. He's not really uh, all that concerned about things like our bodies, right, and the physical reality that he cares about us, that he cares about all of us. Maybe that's a little bit new. That he actually cares about our physical being. He cares about us as a whole person. And that's what I think Exodus 15, 26 is saying. That I am the God who heals. This is who I am. This is what I do. And so this is, this is the good news, right? This is the good news of the gospel. That God has come to save us, to redeem us, to restore us and restore creation. You know, Jesus' own name in Hebrew, Yeshua, it means Savior. It means the God who saves. And in Greek, it's interesting. The word is sozo. Sozo. That's a cool word, isn't it? Sozo. Can you all say that? Sozo. All right. So that's Greek. Sozo, it means to save. So when you see that, often in the New Testament, it means to save. Uh, But what's really interesting is while it it has the context of to save, as in to save from sin and death, to, to forgive, it also has another meaning in the range of meaning. And it means to heal. It also means to heal. Isn't that interesting? Sozo means to save and it means to heal. In Luke 4, Jesus, the beginning of his ministry, he declared that he came to set people free. He quotes Isaiah. He says, I've come to set the captives free, to give sight to the blind, to bring good news to the poor. That he came to save, sozo, in the fullest range of that word. To save and to heal, to bring wholeness. That's what he did. And so the Jesus of the Gospels, he is, he's a Jesus who loves to heal. He's a Jesus who invites his followers to heal. He, he sends out his disciples in the Gospels to proclaim the good news and to heal the sick and, he, sick. and he calls each of us to be like him in that way, to do the kinds of things that he did. That's what we say, right, to be with them, become like him, and to do what Jesus did. That's what he invites his followers to do. And that includes healing. And that includes physical but also emotional and spiritual healing. To come alongside those who are hurting and show compassion and mercy. That's the ministry of the gospel. The Bible actually tells us that our words, our very words can bring healing. You know that? I mean, think about the ministry of reconciliation. That's bringing healing where there's division and brokenness. Justice, the power of words to bring justice where there's oppression, encouragement when someone's in despair, words of grace and forgiveness, words of life. Words can be really powerful. Words can also be very hurtful. most of the hurt in our lives, it actually comes, right, in the context of relationships that we have. But so does most of the healing in our life. Healing in this life comes from our, ultimately from our relationship with God above all other relationships. You know, Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes, we are what? Healed by his stripes. He gave his life on the cross. By his wounds, we are healed. And so this relationship that we have with God, this is where we get healed here. We get healed here, right? And then it it, it empowers us to express that healing in these relationships here. It's incredible what God does. He he invites us into this relationship where we we experience healing and then we, we express that healing in our relationships with each other. And so it's part and parcel of the gospel, healing. And that healing includes physical healing. God sent his followers out into the world to bring physical healing because that's who he is. That is what he does. Matthew 28, Jesus himself gave us the authority as his followers, right? He said, all authority in in heaven and earth is mine. And he gave that to his followers, to us. Luke 9, 2 says, Jesus sent out his followers to do what? To proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Jesus sent out his followers as witnesses of the gospel, to proclaim, like we've talked about, and to demonstrate. It's proclamation and demonstration of the power of the gospel. And that includes through healing. So praying for the sick is part of our ministry as followers of Jesus. All of us, every single one of us in this room, is called to a ministry of healing. God uses medicine. God uses doctors and nurses to heal people. But there are situations when God chooses to act directly, miraculously, to offer healing and to offer hope to people. Why? Because there are things that are not possible with medicine. Or well, there may be things that God wants to do that can only be accomplished in this specific way. And so he chooses to do that because nothing is impossible for God. He's God. He can do it any way he wants to heal. And sometimes that's miraculously. And so from Jesus' ministry, through the book of Acts, through the epistles, all the way down through history, even today, God is healing people. It's who he is. It's what he does. At my previous church, uh, there was a, a friend of mine named George Sherman, and uh, loved George. And he, he had been on a mission trip back in 2009 to Guatemala with, uh, with some youth. And a few days after he got home, he got really sick. Uh, and he uh, initially just had this really high fever, and then it started affecting his, his, his ability to walk. He was having a hard time walking, and then uh, ultimately his speech. And he saw like four or five different specialists, and could not, they could not figure out what was going on. There was no answer uh, that they could figure out this is what's causing this, and so after all this, and after months and months of seeking medical help, um, there was nothing left to do. They said, right, we're, "We're sorry. We can kind of treat some symptoms, but we can't figure out the underlying cause." And so, um, so some some folks one day from our church they went over to his house, and uh, and they started praying for God to heal him. And they prayed, and it's interesting. They they prayed for him for a little while. They they laid hands on him. They prayed for him for a little while. And then after they prayed, they, just, they were asking God you know, to bring healing. And after, they said, do you feel any different? You know, they said, do you, does it feel? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I feel any better Well, why don't you get up and walk? And so he got up and he walked around for a little bit. And he said, it actually it feels a little better, but not great. It feels a little better. And so they said, all right, well, sit down. And so they prayed some more. They prayed, God, would you just continue to heal? And a few minutes later, they said, do you want to get up and try to walk again? And he said, yeah. So he got up and he's like, yeah, that feel, he's like, I can feel the difference. Like, that feels, a lot of the pain is gone. And so what happened is, over the next several weeks, all the symptoms went away, inexplicably. He wasn't on any medication that would it just went away. God healed him, right? God heals. That's the reality. God healed George. But the truth is, sometimes... God doesn't heal. Sometimes God does not heal. For every story of God healing, there are stories in our lives of people who were not healed. We have a good friend, a neighbor who had stage four cancer in Raleigh, and we prayed. Lots of people prayed. And she died. The Lord did not heal her. You know what's interesting is, even in the New Testament, not everyone gets healed. Even in the New Testament itself, there are instances of people who were not healed. Epaphroditus is an example of this. In Philippians, we're told that Epaphroditus is a friend of Paul's, a co-laborer in the gospel, and that Epaphroditus nearly died from an illness before he began to recover. And you know, Paul, man of faith, you know he was praying for healing, and the Lord chose not to heal him. He recovered eventually, but it's clear from the text, this man was on his deathbed. He was dying. Another example, there's a man named Timothy that Paul was very close with. And it's interesting. He says uh, to Timothy at one point, he says, drink a little wine to help with your tummy ache. That's what he tells him. He says, because you're sick a lot. That's what he says. He says that. You know, I, there's examples in Paul's own life. He faced physical illness. Galatians 4.13, 2 Corinthians 12, seven nine. There were afflictions that he faced that the Lord did not heal him from, and Paul had great faith, and yet it would seem there were times he didn't receive healing in his own life, and there were times when his closest friends were not healed. You know, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God. He talked about the kingdom of God. He sent his followers out to proclaim the kingdom and to to heal, those two things together. You know, the kingdom of God, it might be helpful to think about the kingdom of God. One way you could think about it is it's the sphere of God's kind of influence, You know, God is is in all. He's over all. But the kingdom might be a specific kind of sense that he he really is influencing what's happening in the kingdom. And so as the kingdom kind of comes, um, there's a sense in which it's come, but it hasn't come. You get this in the Gospels. The fact that uh, one day, God's sphere of influence, the kingdom, will come in all its fullness. His kingdom will be on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray the Lord's prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. That one day that will happen. Jesus will return and he'll establish his kingdom forever. Revelation 21:4. When that day comes, he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death, there will be no mourning, no crying, no pain. The old order of things will pass away. That's what's coming. That's the kingdom come fully on earth as it is in heaven. And in that day, everyone gets healed. Everyone gets healed, right? There's no more pain, no more tears, no more crying, nothing of the old world because it passed away. But right now, right now, we live in the between times, between Jesus' first coming and his return, when the kingdom will come completely. And so right now, in the world that we live in, all is not as it should be. All is not as it should be. But we look, we long for, we look to the future when the kingdom will come. And on that day, all things will be made new, including our bodies and all of creation will be totally redeemed, totally healed. That day is coming. But Jesus says the kingdom isn't just out there coming one day, it's here now. It's here now also. It's not just out in the future, it's here. There's a kingdom that has come in part that will come in full, and we are experiencing a foretaste, in other words, of that kingdom come. That's what's happening now. The kingdom is breaking in, and one day it will break in in full, but now only in part. And that's important because I think that helps us understand how healing happens sometimes and doesn't happen in others. You know, yesterday I walked out of my house uh, Yesterday morning, and I was taking Bennett to t-ball practice, <clears throat> and we walked out, and man, the heat and humidity just like hit me in the face. I was like, what? I was like, are you kidding? It's February. I should know better now. It's Houston. But I was like, it's February, and it's hot, and it's humid, and it felt like summer, right? It felt like summer yesterday morning as we were heading out the door um, to t-ball. But the reality is, uh, of course, it's not summer it's only February, that this week, uh, we're going to have a really intense cold snap here in Houston. It's going to be like 60 degrees, right? And so it's going to bounce back. It's not summer yet. We got a few warm days in February and March. And what is that? That's like, it's like a foretaste, you might say, of summer. Summer's coming, but it's not here yet. I think that's what Jesus is saying kind of happens when someone's healed, uh, there's a sense in which it's, it's a foretaste of what will come, but it's not total. It's not complete. It's not final. Until death itself is done away with, the old has passed and the new has come, it will always be a part of this life. And so what I would say is, yes, God heals today. And sometimes through the incredible advances of medical science and ways we can't explain, he also heals people in ways, uh, in ways that we can't explain. Sometimes he heals people in ways that we cannot explain. In miraculous ways. And what I would say is, regardless, we should never stop praying for healing. We should always pray for healing, however, the Lord wants to do it. So, it begs a the question then how do we pray for healing? If God heals today, how do we pray for healing? I want to give you three, just I think, practical helps as we kind of press into this. Maybe this is new for you. Maybe you've been praying this way for a while. This is just encouragement reminder. Maybe this is totally new for you. You've never actually prayed for healing for all kinds of reasons. I want to encourage you to try it. And here's three things that will help you. First, we have to remember that God heals, not us. God heals and not us. You know what? That's actually really freeing to know that. That God heals. That means praying for healing isn't about some special power that that we possess, right? It's not about um, something that I've got to get and then hold on to and use. That's not what we're talking about here. And it's not just for certain people. It's not about using special words or getting kind of all ramped up and hyped up for healing. It's not about using the right technique. That's not what this is about. Praying for healing is a demonstration of God's love. For people, That's how we pray for healing. We pray for healing for the same reasons Jesus did. Matthew 14, 14 tells us that Jesus, he looked out and he saw people were sick. And his response was to have compassion. He loved them. And of that love, he longed for them to be healed. And so when we pray for healing, we pray with compassion and respect. And if, if healing doesn't happen in that moment or in subsequent moments, we pray still in faith. And we acknowledge that, man, that something may be going on here that we don't understand. But we never say it's this person's fault. We never say this is like some kind of judgment on that person. We pray in love, trusting that God is the God who heals. And so praying for healing is an act of love. So first, we have to remember God heals, not us. All right, second, step out in faith. Step out in faith. Praying for healing can be Intimidating. You know, whether uh, we're asking for prayer for healing for ourselves or we're praying for somebody else to receive healing. It can be intimidating. It requires a step of faith, kind of get out of our comfort zone. You know, it can leave us feeling really vulnerable and exposed. You know, like what if nothing happens? What if we pray and the person's not healed? What if I ask for healing and I'm not healed? But Jesus invites us to step out in faith and into this place of trust and dependence on Him. He invites us to do that. So I just encourage you to step out in faith. You know how you learn to pray? You pray. Try it. God is gracious. He'll teach you. He'll lead you. Third, keep it simple. When we pray for healing, we are simply asking God to do what God does. And what does God do? He makes us whole. In Christ, he's making us whole. And that means it can be a very simple prayer. We can invite the Holy Spirit to come. And then we can just ask God to heal. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, would you come? And would you heal this person in the name of Jesus? It doesn't need to be long, complicated. It might mean praying several times for a person it's not just one and done, maybe, praying several times over days or weeks. But we pray, and it, has to, it just has to be about God healing, and, and we keep it simple. And even if the person isn't healed, you know, prayer is such a blessing. It's such a gift. It, it offers hope. It strengthens faith. It turns our trust to God that he, he's at work no matter what we see, even if we can't see something happening in the moment. And so I, I believe that God wants to pour out his spirit on our community. I believe that he wants to empower us for this ministry of healing. And he already has. He's been doing this. There are those of you in this room that could stand right now and give testimony to the fact that God has brought healing, spiritual healing, psychological healing, emotional healing, healing in your marriages, healing in your bodies. God is a God who heals. And I'm convinced that he wants uh, to bring us along with the Spirit as He ministers in the lives of people around us. That He longs to heal in and through this church. That God is calling each of us to be the kind of person in Christ who brings healing. Who brings healing in our families, in our neighborhoods, into the places we work, into the city of Houston. But that is God's call in our life. So I want to end our time just with, with prayer. I want to invite you, if you would, just close your eyes. I just want to ask the Lord to, to be at work in us and to lead us in this, to help us become a people who pray for healing. So, God, you are calling us. God, you are calling us. And your great love for us and your great love for the world, you're calling us and inviting us into life with Jesus. And you're calling us not just to be with him, but to become like him and and to take these steps of faith, to do the things that he did, to bind up the brokenhearted, to pray for the sick, to wipe away the tears, to lift up the fallen, to break down division, to do these things. That's what you've called us to do. So, Lord, we want to be a people. Where we want to be a people who bring healing wherever we go and whatever we're doing. That you, the God of healing, would be at work in and through us. And So this morning, Lord, even now, I, Holy Spirit, I, I ask that you would come. Holy Spirit, that you would come and we just thank you for your presence. God, that you you are with us. Thank you, Lord. That you are here. And Lord, that you long, you long to bring healing and wholeness to your people. And so, Lord, I, You know the needs in this room. You know the needs in each person's life here today. And so, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you you would heal. Lord, you know. We don't need to know. You know what's going on in each person's life in this room. And we ask, Lord, that you, you would heal. Lord, if it's a marriage, you would heal. Lord, if it's cancer, you would heal. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Lord, if it's wounds from the past, you would heal. In the name of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. God, thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that you are the God who heals. We give you all the glory and all the praise and all the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.